This is Back to Devi, a show brought to you by Campus to Canton. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And today, we're going to be taking a dive into the transfer portal. But first, Corey with the news. Yeah, and since we're going to be kind of diving into the transfer portal today, playing a little bit of matchmaker, uh, I don't want to go too far into the transfer portal stuff. Almost everybody on this podcast thesis this week is probably going to be doing the same thing. So we're going to be trying to stay a little Debbie oriented as well. So I'll move forward to some other news. Um, looking at some draft declarations, we've got USC running back Marshawn Lloyd. He's declared for the draft. After bouncing back from that injury, looking a lot better this year than he's looked uh, in the past, in the previous year since that injury. He's my early running back five coming into this class. Um, Virginia wide receiver Malik Washington uh, also had a breakout year here after uh, being pretty quiet there for Northwestern. He's going to be a fifth-year guy, and I believe he's going to be a senior bowl guy too. So he has a chance to maybe raise his stock there. Um, and then one transfer that we won't hit um, is heading over to Alabama where quarterback Tyler Buckner, or should I say former quarterback? I don't even know now, but he's going to be entering the portal as a lacrosse player is what they're saying. So I don't know if this signals an end to his football career, or I don't know if he intends to keep going at whatever school he plays across. I don't know. But that's one thing to watch if this might be the final nail in his coffin for any other believers out there. Um, and guys, be sure to head over to the website at campuscanton.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options. Some of which include access to our draft guides that'll be coming out this off season, uh, CFF projections that you get every week, advanced metric tools you see all over Twitter. Uh, we also have the brand new C2C winning edge. That thing is going to keep you up to date on all the school depth charts, statistical projections, returning projections, um, the upcoming off season as well. It's going to be the best source for the transfer portal out there. So make sure you guys are keeping it locked to our family of podcasts and the YouTube channel to help guide you guys through the off season. And in case you guys have been living under a rock, uh, we finally got our college football playoff, which is going to feature number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama and number two, Washington versus number three, Texas. That's going to be leaving Georgia out after their loss um, to Alabama this weekend and leaving out an undefeated FSU. And I had to ask you, Mike, first off here, what did you feel about FSU kind of getting robbed here, uh, being left out after Jordan Travis got injured? I, I feel bad for the team. I felt bad for the team, the, the defensive players. Like, there's a lot of players that deserve to go to the CFB. But, like, that's not one of the top four best teams in the nation. And, like, that's the whole point of the committee. They had, like, a weak schedule. The whole ACC. I feel like every Power 5 conference was weak this year. But um, no one wants to watch Rodemaker go out there and maybe score one touchdown. Like, I don't want to watch, <laughs> like, that part. Like, I, I really didn't. No one. Yeah. I didn't want to watch their game against Louisville. Like, so, yeah, I, I felt bad because, like, the team I thought really kind of deserved it. But, like, it's the top four teams in the nation. And you're not top four teams. Like, it's just you lost that when you lost your quarterback. Yeah, it, it's hard to say because, you know, a team does everything right during the whole year. Um, you build your team. You build depth behind your team. You get through other injuries at other positions. And a wide receiver's down while well, this guy steps up. Running back is down. This guy steps up. Linebacker's down. And now you get to the most important position. I understand quarterback, and he goes down. But it's like if they were to have gotten in the college playoff. And I think some of that has to do with it. You're talking about TV ratings. And you're talking about the best fan experiences. For us fans, we won. We won with the matchups that they ended up choosing. But I can't help but feel like they got robbed. I feel like they did everything right, and there's nothing else they could have done better to get to the play besides staying healthy, which is just a freak thing. And it's just like, I feel so bad for the guys. I saw Jordan Travis's post, like him being heartbroken over everything. Like I just, I feel bad for this entire team and all their guys. I mean, you're pretty much telling them like do everything right. And you're still not going to get there. 
It would have been terrible though. Like if FSU went out yeah. there against Michigan and it's like thirty to six is the oh, final yeah, score. Yeah. Everyone would have been like, Oh, we should have brought in Alabama. And then like on the yeah. flip side, let's say Alabama does go out there and they beat Michigan, like I don't know, like we'll just call it like you know, twenty five to like seventeen. Like then with everyone been like, Oh yeah, Bama, that was a great move. Good call. Good job, committee. Like how they know to do that. You know, it's yeah. It's I, I think now it's gonna look better or dumber. It's gonna be one of the two. I just I, I do think that they made the right decision. Like I just it's better all around for comp, com, competition purposes, for you know, TV ratings, for the fan watching it. Like it's just I, I can't feel bad. I feel like it's I feel like it's wrong. I do in, in my heart, but it, it is what it is. I feel like they still made the best decision for for the game. Yeah, no, I, it's it was the right decision. And you know what else is the right decision, Corey? <laughs> Getting your clothing from Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel shells out. Uh, athletic gear from your favorite universities, not just football stuff, but if you like soccer or maybe Quidditch, I know I know Virginia Tech has a club Quidditch team. Right? Isn't that funny? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, they have they have your favorite athletic gear from your favorite universities. Make the right decision. Go ahead and get yourself some gear with the promo code Campus, the number two in Canton for fifteen percent off your first purchase at Home Field Apparel. Uh, Corey, the championship games though, did you? Did you want to talk about those at all a little bit? Like, did you like any takeaway? Any takeaways? Sure. Like, I mean, I watched um, I watched three of these games: Oregon versus Washington. I also watched Texas versus uh, Oklahoma State, which wasn't a very competitive game. But then, you know, I watched Georgia versus Alabama, which is probably the most competitive game of the slate. Um, you know, we can we can even start there with that one. Um, really defensive battle starting off. I thought Carson Beck looked good in this game. Um, just. Missed oh, on yeah? a few plays here and there. I thought that it was a conservative game plan as as well. Like, even when you're watching, just like I was even just watching, just to refresh myself, watching the highlight tape. Like, he's throwing the ball like down the field. He's progressing through his reads. That was a lot of the thing that I that I liked to see from him. But it was almost completely opposite from Miller. He didn't complete his first pass to like the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, he was relying on his legs a lot, and it was just like when you play a soft schedule all year, you don't get smacked at all. You don't face any adversity at all and then when he finally face it versus a team like Alabama who's figured their stuff out by this time because they got smacked earlier by Texas so they were forced to adjust which is I think good you get it early in the season then you can you're forced to adjust I thought the play the play calling was a little bit conservative um uh, they were trying to run the ball a lot um which usually works for Georgia of course but again I mean at some point maybe you got to push the ball down the field a bit more be a little bit more aggressive not trust the defense as well which barely got any pressure on Miller as well which was another big part of this game so um, disappointed to see my, my Bulldogs, uh, out of the playoff, but Alabama, you know, they, they figured it out. They kind of deserved it. Yeah. I thought, I thought the Alabama trenches were just so superb, especially yeah. you just mentioned too, killing them on the defensive end, dude. I just, I just remember them getting like one, two game pancakes so bad. And I was like, that's just terrible. That's, that sucks. I'm not yeah. championship level. Um, I thought Carson Beck was okay. I didn't think he was as good as you probably thought he was like, I, I guess I've been pushing that maybe he's a first round pick this year. Like after this game, like there's no way I could think that. I think he's got to be coming back next year, but I think he's going to be a top like five QB discussion next year, like going into the season and probably all the way through the end of the season. Yeah, I'd agree. So. I'd agree with that too. As well. Like I think my, maybe my expectations were less than yours. Like I don't picture him as a first round guy this year, but I'm always, I've always been picturing him as a next year guy anyways. He, he was kind of like similar to like JJ McCarthy where it was like, there's really not a lot of mistakes this guy makes. We just don't know what his ceiling is actually. And then yeah. um, we just didn't really, you know, this was the time to step up and just really not that he didn't do well. He just definitely didn't show us. He's like a first round talent. So if he thinks that's in his future, like that's possible, he's got to go back. 
Yeah, um, yeah, but I thought like there was that throw like he made on the move in the red. Um, he was in his own end zone. He hit that throw to McConkey. It was short, but I mean, still taking those, the, pushing the ball down the field a little bit. I like to see some of those things. I just think it was a little bit too little, too late, and a little bit too conservative overall. Yeah, and then Jermaine Burton getting at the fans at the end of the game, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, bro, you only yeah. caught two balls for twenty eight yards. Like, let's like, like let's calm it down there. Yeah, did he uh, did he get a senior bowl invite? I, I, no, because he probably he's no. too busy playing right now to even worry about that. Uh, no. On the on the other side, though, a lot of people after this game saying Milrow Heisman, Milrow QB no, one year, blah blah no. blah. Did you, I did not get that feeling at all from this game. Like I said, the guy didn't complete a pass till the second quarter. He had, and then even the ones he did complete, like he's staring down his wide receiver for like ever. And then just chucking that thing deep, chucking it up to Burton, who made a couple nice catches, um, yeah. some design stuff like the wheel route to the to the running back or whatever. But I did not see like I'm still not. <laughs> My I'm boy still Jay not, Miller. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not seeing uh, very a lot of development from his passing game. No, no, I, I think he's been. I think he's took steps forward this season, but he's went yeah. from like overrated to like. Actually, he was overrated going into the season, and then he ended up being overrated towards the end of the season as well. So yeah, yeah, he had like one brief moment where he was underrated. And now he's just overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that Texas game, dude. Did you see that throw from Quinn to Ad Mitchell, like on the sideline? Oh, I did. I was going to talk the wow. the first touchdown with the, the nice touch, or no, uh, the long pass you're talking about. The long pass, yeah. It didn't yeah, go yeah, to the yeah. Touchdown, but like he threw it like before he was out of his break, and it's. It was just beautiful. That was beautiful. That was an NFL throw. Absolutely. I hope Felix acknowledges that on Debbie Debate uh, this week. But that was like that throw was fucking amazing. But even the the his first touchdown throw to eighty Mitchell, I believed he was scrambling out to the right. It was only like a fifteen or, or something yard pass, but he threw a nice touch on it because he had to wait. He threw it early. And he had to wait for Mitchell to get there still to that spot, so he didn't rifle it in there. He threw it with like nice touch and floated it, and I was just like. These are the things I want to see from him, you know, throwing with that touch, knowing when to rifle it, knowing when to throw, and then the deep ball touch, you know, like we saw with a, with Adonai Mitchell. He was he was almost, like, perfect on the day, too. Like, he had a phenomenal game this game. Like, I thought Xavier Worthy even showed some nice hands. He got injured in this game, so that's something that we've got to watch yeah. out for. Um, CJ Baxter had some good moments. Even Jay Hump Blue had some good moments. The defense showed up. It was a very, very good-looking game for Texas all around. Hey, Quint, dude, Quint, Quint is just an emotional roller coaster for us. But like, at it least is, we yeah. see some like <laughs> continual flashes, though. It's like I, I'm, I'm still in. I did he, he already announced he's going back to school, though. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like, I'm still pumped about him and his future too. So. Yeah, they might be a hot team here with, you know, we're going to be talking about Transfer Portal, but, like, they, they got a lot of guys moving out, possibly, so they, they could be a hot yeah. place for a lot of uh, some some wide receiver talent or something. Even their tight end is moving out, so you know what I mean? They got a lot of a lot of spaces to fill there right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, any of the other games? I'm trying to think. Oregon-Washington? Like, I don't know. Like, did you... I don't know. I watched it. I don't know. I thought this showed some of the, some of the things that we talk about with Bo Nix, where – if yeah, like even if yeah. you watch, he was throwing everything like within five yards of the line of scrimmage, seven yards in the line of scrimmage, and as good as the score looked, I felt like Oregon was on the on the verge of losing this game. Like they kept like getting breaks, Bo Nix uh, uh, breaking some big plays with his legs. Um, they were getting nice long touchdowns, you know, getting the ball into one guy's hand, him breaking the entire play. But their run game was non-existent. I did think Jordan James looked pretty good. Marquise Irving didn't look good at all, which is. <laughs> unsurprising at all if you've listened to us right. but jordan james the guy that we're pretty excited about looked pretty good um but on the other side i thought michael Penix threw some really nice balls i thought he still had some some highs and lows i thought he threw some I, really I nice balls really untouched by the way like that yeah. washington line like really like i don't know i probably not even so much the line i think oregon's like front seven is just weak this year 
Yeah, but nice to see Jalen McMillan back. He looked absolutely great in this game. I think he. Oh yeah. He had the uh, Penix rifled the pass into him corner of the end zone, which a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's got to come down with that." But it was like a rifled pass. Wasn't great ball placement. One of the things we harp on about Michael Penix is that he doesn't have like great touch sometimes, and the ball placement's a little bit off. That's the only pass that he kind of missed going up above the ladder. But like all the rest of the game, he looked like fantastic. I thought he looked great in this game. So it was nice to see him healthy and come back. You know, especially heading towards the draft season here. It, it was also nice too because I feel like Penix once once they lost McMillan, like he would just stare down Rome like throughout the year. Yeah, which like he's got great hands. Like I really can't blame him. Like it's, you know, like it's it's hard to like not feel safe with Rome. But like it was kind of like nice seeing him actually have more options because I was kind of worried he was like regressing to a point where he was just a one read quarterback and it's all that he is. You know, sitting behind a nice line like pocket passer. But um. I, I loved I love that you brought up Jalen Millen because it's it's so hard to like tout players that are on a down year you know like uh, mm-hmm. like a Becca Abuka like it's kind of hard to tout them because like, la- like we got burned for like Zach Evans and it, you feel like it feels like we get burned every single year or so like on guys that flashed it and then their their NFL draft year is a down year and you're like is it still the same guy is it, do we get sophomore year Keishon Boutte like yeah it makes the evaluation hard it really does yeah yeah. And you try not to be a recency bias, but it's like sometimes maybe I should have been recency bias. I'm trying to think, there's one more big game, it wasn't there. I'm, I'm, we're not going to talk about Iowa, Michigan, where Michigan scored on like what was it? Upon, upon return to the nine yard line, <laughs> like, like the one yard line, and it's just uh, such, yeah. a ter- such a terrible game. Yeah, you had SMU and, and Tulane, which I didn't catch any of. I don't know if you watched that one. I, so I watched Kevin Jennings last year. I hope I'm saying that name right. When I was looking at him for like the Debbie guide and for the portal, because I think he had one start last year, looked good. And then this year, now he's at one start. Now his stat line is not like impressive. I think he's got like one touchdown, two interceptions, like 200 some yards. But mm-hmm. he's a guy I could see like hit the portal and like go start somewhere else in the G5. Um, so I don't know. I watched him, but besides that, like I really didn't. I flipped it on to watch like Michael Pratt a little bit. The team just looked. Like I checked out, they looked checked out, and they were like one for like eight on third downs, like second half of the game. It was it was kind of tough to watch the end there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really, I mean, this would have been a lot better if we had Preston Stone. Probably had a really great end of the season, a guy that we've been talking about that we want to get a better look at. But yeah, there's a couple a couple of games this weekend. Again, like the Florida State one, one not the not the most exciting game because they didn't have Jordan Travis or anything, but they came away with the win. Just not much to take away from those games, I don't think. No one's talking about this. I just want to ask your opinion. What do you think the odds are that Keon Coleman comes back? Low. Okay. I mean, because, like, you know, it's not a successful season. It, I mean, it really isn't. I feels this yeah. is very clearly the candidate that's going to get picked apart in the offseason. Like, he's just still getting hyped up right now because everyone's thinking about the LSU game. We've complained about that a few times. But I feel like out of the, you know, the upper echelon of players, like, this is the guy that's going to get picked apart and, like, destroyed. Yeah, I could see that. I just think he's going to have too much draft buzz for him to to ignore. Like, does he want to risk it again and see a stock go down or something? Or like, I don't know. I just think he. I just think you take your draft buzz and you run while you have it. You know, even if you end up Nikhil Harry, at least you're a first round pick with uh, five years of game checks to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm at the point where I think he's closer to a third rounder than first rounder. Yeah, I'm pretty. I've I've always maintained being pretty a lot lower on him at least this year but it seems it seems like that's it seems like some people are coming around but there's still a lot of people some people like that old school style you know i still see a lot of this bryant uh comparisons out there and stuff like that so a lot of people still like him quite a bit okay um yeah that's really it that's that's all i really want to talk about their championship weekends uh 
All right, let's head on over to the transfer portal. It's actually very exciting transfer portal uh, in the quarterback room specifically. Last year, like top names were like Graham Mertz, Devin Leary, Sam Hartman. Um, I don't know if I'm missing some. The DJU who was actually back in the portal, but like it, it, last year's quarterback class was somewhat exciting. This year's quarterback class is, I mean, I'm like almost the most exciting I've ever really seen it. So let's just start off with Cameron Ward. Washington State quarterback came up from the FCS. I think he won the Jerry Rice Award. This might have been like two, three years ago um, before he came to Washington State. He has always been a very good improviser and short area passer. Has just historically struggled on the deep ball. But I know me and Corey talked about him like first, I don't know, let's say like four weeks. He was like phenomenal in the non-con games. And just like deep ball looked good. He was a great mover. You couldn't even touch him just created so much time for himself. And then something just collapsed. And I'm not going to pretend I watched a lot of Washington State this year. I really didn't. But clearly, like, their offense just collapsed around itself. And now we have rumors that he's got, like, 10 offers for a million bucks to go into the portal, which is tampering, by the way. That's definitely tampering <laughs> for everyone that likes to follow rules. Um, but he's getting offered, you know, over a million by multiple schools going to the portal. And now we have rumors today of a landing spot from, like, insider sources. But – Cameron Ward to the portal, Corey. Yeah, it's it's isn't it weird that like you know he enters the portal when he went to Washington State and he's like one of the most highly recruited. And I, it's like I don't even know if he did anything super great throughout his career at Washington State. And now he's like the number one quarterback again, though. Like it's like people definitely see something with him, and like I see it too a little bit. Like like the inspiration, the uh, improvisational skills, like you were talking about, especially in the pocket. Like I don't think any, I don't know if anybody in college football has his pocket instincts and I'm talking about everybody, Caleb Williams, everybody. Like he just has an uncanny ability to like sense pressure while he's in the pocket, but he also like holds onto the ball for, for freaking ever. Like it's led to like one of the highest fumble rates over the past two years. It's, it's a weird fit when we're talking about the school he's, he's rumored about with Ohio state, which I feel like is like, there's a little bit more timing. There's a little bit more structure. And like, I don't feel like he's a guy who plays in like structure very well. Like he's, he's always extending the play and wanting to get outside and see his guy open a little bit. So it's a weird fit for me, but like, I think he has the arm talent. I think he can move around a little bit and maybe this will be actually good for him for a guy to help develop him and make him play better in structure. Like, Hey, get, get your internal clock better and get that ball out within 2.8 seconds, 2.5 seconds. Like maybe this is a place I can finally do that for him. Yeah, just uh, perusing his stat sheet here, uh, pretty consistently, like his receivers, everywhere he's gone, his receivers drop a lot of balls. But anyway, uh, at 2021 at Incarnate Ward, he threw for 4,650 yards for 47 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. This last year at Wazoo, he threw for 3,700 yards with 25 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, which is actually a pretty good year. But again, like the start of the season was pretty amazing. Um with 13 of those touchdowns coming in the first four weeks there. I, I don't, this, this could be actually a pretty good landing spot. Like I, like, you know, like if like Kyle McCord was not a special passer, he just kind of stared down Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. The whole time. And if you add like Kyle McCord plus like insane pocket presence and like mobility, like, you know, like this is definitely a step up from what they got right now. Like Craig, you know, yeah, I guess I could just see, like, Ryan Day pulling his hair out on the sidelines when Cameron Ward is, like, not hitting Marvin Harrison on his break. Or, sorry, not Marvin Harrison. It won't be Harrison. Carnell Tate on his break or something like that. Like, like because I don't 
feel like he plays exceptionally well with, with some of those things, but I, I think he does a lot of things well. So maybe this will be a good place for him. I know that USC apparently was also interested. Uh, wa- maybe Washington could even be a fun place for him if he ended up going somewhere else. If we want to talk about other places other than Ohio State. But um, yeah, I do think that there there is a realm here where they help him figure out some of the things that, that, that we've been harping on for the last couple of years. I want to see improve because everything else with the package is there for Cameron Ward, the size, the mobility a little bit, like he's not a rusher or anything, but he has the mobility, um, the other structure plays just gotta be, he's just gotta work more in structure. Maybe this is finally a place that can do it. Speaking of Washington, I've never really put thought to this, but how do the, the actual playoff contenders navigate the transfer portal? And they can't focus on transfer portal stuff and it would look, it would kind of look bad if they're already looking for guys to be replaced before like they're done. And then like, if I wouldn't want to wait, you know, if I was like a recruit and like Washington's like, Hey man, we, we might, you know, we might hit you up. We might not. And I'd be like, I don't know. I might go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Cameron Ward though. So rumored to Ohio state. I think we both like that. Pretty down for that. Let's talk about the quarterback leaving Ohio state and Kyle McCord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you, do you know all the players they mentioned in the um, Debbie debate intro? It's just been like a graveyard of <laughs> <Yeah>. names. <laughs> it's like it's like the Madden cover. It's like a it's like a bad thing <laughs> to be yeah. at that. They got to redo that now and put some new names, and then we'll we'll look back on it and see how how the track. Or spare goes. them and don't put any new names on. Yeah. Them. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, all right. So Kyle McCord, I've been making jokes now for like over a year about comic courts to go to Kentucky, right? Haven't I been doing that? Like probably since me and you have been podcasting together. Yeah. Well, you liked him for a little bit there. Preseason, you start to buy in a little bit, but I, I think it, it quickly faded. Yeah. Well, it's an Ohio State starting quarterback. It's kind of hard. I, get I it. think it's hard to fade those guys. Yeah, I get it. Um. Anyway, we're just one step closer to that joke becoming true, which is also funny because I remember <laughs> Bo Nix hit the portal and PJ was always joking about like, all right, this guy's taking flow in the draft. Let's give him Bo Nix. <laughs> yeah um anyway Kyle McCord Ohio State so he's leaving um I wonder if the other quarterbacks behind them follow suit if Cam Ward does come in like I'm like wondering like you know Devin Brown's gotta go somewhere like he can't sit for like three years right like, no he he's go he's gotta go somewhere too I, I believe if they, I mean if they're if they're clearly showing their cards in a sense by like saying they're not picturing Devin Brown as the next guy if they're looking at a guy like Cameron Ward you know what I mean so it, it, it's not uh it's not giving me too much confidence in that. That's for sure. So I, I, I think Devin Brown's probably going to go somewhere else. Kyle McCord is a weird one to try to figure out though. Um, like, you know, I don't, I don't think he's special. I've said it a bunch of times. I don't, I don't, he, he did play well this year. I think he's a power five starter. I still, I still think he's about power four. Is that what we're calling it now? Power five. I don't know. Power five starter still, but like, he's going to be the kind of guy that's like, I don't know, like, like NC state, like rice, like like BYU, like that's that's where I kind of feel yeah, like that's like, so like he's BYU. gonna end up like one of those kind of schools, you know? Oh my god, you think he's of the JT Daniels key, uh, Keaton Slovis? Keaton Slovis, I couldn't remember his name anymore. Uh, that's I, so bad, dude. He's I think from, he he's there, from right? the Pittsburgh area. Do you think he can go to Pitt? Like he's from oh, sorry, yeah, that's he's from, a, he's get, from yeah. Philadelphia. Well, well, Pitt's another good one though too, because they can they could just keep retreading those guys too. So he, he could be one that goes there as well. And I, I do think he kind of falls into that spectrum. You, you're talking about an Ohio State quarterback that played that everybody wants to say played pretty well. Well, why the hell aren't they bringing him back next year then? They don't even care. You know, they're moving okay. on. They're I don't know. Well, like he, he, well, yeah, but it, that's what everybody's saying now when they're we're talking about when everybody's making jokes about him bumping down. There was he's got the highest P, or this high PFF grade. He's got this and this, and it's like, well. I don't know, man. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that good. He's definitely. He's gonna be closer to that spectrum before we know it. I think. 
he does have that Ohio State tag, though. And I just don't think programs are gonna like other like lower level P five programs. I don't think they're gonna pass up on getting an Ohio State caliber quarterback. Yeah, I also don't think he goes. I know I said Pitt, but like I feel like he like Kyle's gonna try to find a better system than Pitt. You know, something that's established and yeah. has somewhat of a successful history. So are you in or out on him possibly rebounding on Debbie Value here? I do. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, if you can't be successful at Ohio State, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't know if you can be successful anywhere else. Like, I think that's. You know, I think that's a good take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Not that he's gonna flop. I just don't think he's gonna be that high of a success. Yeah. All right. Let's go talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about a, a hometown hero for me. Uh, Will Howard here of KSU took. A visit from Lincoln. Did Lincoln Riley come to him? Yes, Lincoln Riley went to him. Lincoln yeah. Riley, the quarterback whisperer. Yes. And I I think that's a little bit like, like a, a good look on us. You know, we've got to tout at this guy a little bit. You yeah. know, we liked a lot of what we saw. And if Riley Leonard, or I mean, if uh, Lincoln Riley wants to go, uh, wants to go look at this guy, that one of the quarterback whispers, like, I think he sees what we see, man. <laughs> real recognize real. Yeah, real recognize real. Uh, yeah, and to top it all off, too, Austin got in the Slack today and said, I just don't get this Will Howard stuff. And he didn't get Jaden Daniels either. And look at Jaden Daniels now. So yeah, I'm, getting, I, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I do think people are putting a lot on Will, Dan- Will Howard's year because, like, he didn't look that good coming off the injury. He looked pretty good to start the year, had the injury, and had kind of like a slow comeback from it. And, like, people also want to, like, don't realize – some of them want to say, well, Avery Johnson was almost taking his job. Like, no, Avery Johnson just came in because of injury. And, yeah, he was getting some more time. But once Will Howard got healthy and started looking better, he took that job. And we didn't see Avery Johnson at all for, like, the back half of the year there. Like, he once he got into rhythm, he started to look a little bit better. Like, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see what another year for him looks like. I think this year was kind of riddled by that injury. I think he has – uh, good arm talent. I think he moves pretty well. He's maybe a guy who can like improve on his ability to go through like some progressions, you know, and read the whole field. But you know, USC would be absolutely huge for him uh, and his value like going forward. What like, but how realistic do you think he goes to USC? They got Malachi Nelson there. Like, I don't, I, well, I, I I'm not like, I don't, I, I like. I, we've already heard USC has in, had interest in uh, Cameron Ward. Ward. Yeah. Now we're hearing they have interest in Will Howard. Like is this maybe a sign that he believes Malachi Nelson is not ready? Like this is a guy that came in with that shoulder injury. Didn't look that good in the spring game, maybe stunted his growth a little bit, trying to feel like himself off that injury. And maybe just didn't spend enough time like learning the system. You know, like maybe he's just not ready to start next year. I do remember end of the summer, he came out and said that he's feeling 80%. So it feels like, you know, like he early enrolled. At least I think he early enrolled. But whatever reps he got as a true freshman in camp, like probably weren't like full reps because of his injuries. So, yeah, they didn't want to rush him too. That would be nice. Yeah. I do believe in damage goes when you rush people back from stuff. So, yeah. Uh, what any other place for Will Howard that you think would kind of be fun? I mean, everyone. I mean, everyone has some like everyone from fantasy, <laughs> from college fantasy football, like would want to say like Kalen DeBoer. Like Washington's just gonna be gutted yeah. this year. So anyone that could like be a pocket passer and plus add a little bit more on their legs. Like that's going to be pretty appealing for Washington. So um, I don't know. I like Washington. I think I remember the graphic. I think once they on three, put it up. That was like, Auburn was looking at him. I don't know. Like, I think Auburn's still trying to figure it out. Kentucky, like I'm a Kentucky fan, bro, but I don't know. If, like, I will be, 
extra hurt if they hurt some guy that I like coming in, like transferring in. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it is crazy. Lincoln, Lincoln Riley went to him though. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. 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 Word is that Caleb Williams is not playing in the bowl game. Probably, probably because they got their eyes on Will, Will Howard. Is hard, so <laughs> Caleb Williams not playing in the bowl game. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. We got to push that. Um, <laughs> Let's head on over to Duke, Lincoln Riley. Uh, so Duke's head coach heads over to Texas A&M to be the coach over there. Texas Riley, Riley Leonard. You said Lincoln Riley, but that's okay. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Riley Leonard is the quarterback we're talking about here from Duke. Why, Ry, Riley Leonard, quarterback from Duke, uh, in the portal, right? His head coach heads over to Texas A&M. Texas A&M does have quarterback Connor Wegman there already. Connor Wegman, I think, will probably be our website's QB1 for next year's class. I'm just just, I'm just I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think anyone here is really going to be pushing, oh, yeah, Ryan Leonard's going to go to Texas A&M with his coach and take over the job. So I think he's got to go somewhere else. And as of today, like the rumors are looking like a probable to go to Notre Dame. I... I like I don't like I, okay. First off, I'm not. I don't think Corey is either. Like we're not huge Riley Leonard fans for Debbie. Uh, we yeah. think he's more of a runner than he is thrower. Um, and I Notre Dame is actually gonna be a very recurring theme for tonight's episode, actually. But like the head coach Marcus Freeman, like he's not on the hot seat. No one really talks about him being on the hot seat. But we have two years in a row now of very disappointing offenses. You know. Yeah. Uh, so if this if this offense fails a third year, like. You think like people bring out the pitchforks? Like I'm just saying, like the seat's lukewarm. I think getting yeah. to the hot, like it's not there yet. But yeah, and I I think Sam Hartman kind of a miss too a little bit. Like maybe he he didn't transition as well out of that system at Wake Forest to here as maybe they thought. He was kind of like a safe quarterback, and I kind of wonder if the same thing might happen to Riley Leonard as well. He's like not a guy that I feel like does progressions really well. Like you said, like a, a better runner than he is a password. Like, is it, is this not like a slightly like more experienced version of like a Tyler Buckner who they used to have? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, say, like it's a more experienced version of it, I guess. Like I just, I have a feeling at the end of the day that if he goes to Notre Dame, that I wonder if it could hurt his stock more. So not, not that we're that much in on it as well, but if you are a Riley Leonard fan, like, the same way it did for Hartman, because I don't think Hartman transitioned as well as a lot of people were hoping. I don't know if Riley Leonard is a very good system quarterback. Um, like, I think he's the kind of guy that does work better, like, out of structure, like, being able to extend the play with his legs. And, like, he did improve a little bit of as a passer, and maybe that'll let, lead to a little more stuff in Notre Dame. Maybe they get, you know, a more modern mind in there to help use a guy's legs a little bit more and adapt the offense a little bit more. But I just feel like... I don't know. I'm not super excited about this fit. I'm just not super excited about Riley Leonard in general. I'm also not excited about Notre Dame the way I used to be probably the last two years. Yeah. As a whole. So like um, he, he like Riley Leonard, at least for CFF, could have been really fun somewhere. I just don't I this is for that too. This is just not a fun spot for him to like use his legs or use his arms a little bit more. Like just it just feels it it just feels like a negative for his usage. But maybe in his eyes, a positive for the program he's going to prestige wise and everything else, like going to a higher ranked program. Like you know what I mean? Like maybe he feels like it's a bump up for him. But I just, I'll, I, I think it might end up disappointing. It's not like like Notre Dame has a mass exodus of wide receivers right now too. So like yeah. I, as a quarterback, does he want to go to a system that's like losing weapons? And it it feels like Notre Dame's going to be a run first team, and they're going to have Riley Leonard to run plan. Like 
I just, I don't know, dude. Like, at, at the end of the year, like, do I think Riley, if he goes there, I, I don't know if Riley Leonard's going to hit, like, 2,500 passing yards. It feels like a guy that's going to be running yeah. a lot more than we projected to be, which is great for fantasy, but just not for, like, NFL draft stuff. Or Yeah. And talking about weapons, too, I was going to say, you know, I wonder if this does bring any, like, one of Corey's cats or whatever the hell, one of my favorite deep shots that I like, <laughs> Jordan Moore over at Duke. They had a really strong connection. I wonder if there might be something there, if they, he can talk. Jordan Warren to coming over there and be a weapon over there. They need a lot of weapons over there at Notre Dame as well. He's a fairly young guy as well. So that might be something I'm going to look out for as well. That might make me feel better about Riley Leonard's transition, having a little bit of a um, uh, a safety valve there for himself. But uh, other than that, yeah, not not the most uh, inspiring move. Yeah. All right, let's head on over to Oregon State here. They're losing both of their quarterbacks in DJU and Aiden Childs. Um and they're still a part of the pack too. Like they need to figure it out before they become a poverty franchise. Say poverty, but before they lose money as a program because <laughs> they, they don't go to a power five like program, they don't have funding. Looks like they're going like an IDP route. Anyway, that's not what they, uh, this episode's about though. But DJU heading back in as a grad transfer. This is his like sixth year. Me and Corey were talking about it a little bit like mid show where Corey was like, I don't even know where I want him to go. And I'm like, I feel like like this year DJU proved that he's not a bum. We all thought he was a bum at Clemson, and we found out it's probably not him. It's probably Dabo. Like it feels pretty. I feel like most people feel pretty confident. It's probably yeah. Dabo. I was. I, I. I think it's fair to say it was a mixture of the two. Like I don't know. I think it was like. I also think it was kind of Dabo's fault for letting it get too far with DJ's me- mechanics, but he just he looked awful there as well. Like besides besides the play calling, the suspect play calling, and everything else, and yeah. and development. But I mean, those mechanics that he was playing were just oh, awful. And he still, he still he still he still flashed those mechanics this year as well. By the way, like those, those bad mechanics, like not yeah. not not engaging his lower half at all, like the accuracy being a little bit off and stuff like that. Like he still showed that. I just think that they had a better team around him. The defense was better. He had the running game from Martinez. Like it felt like there was less on his shoulders in, at, at Oregon State. From a processor standpoint, I thought he looked like a power five quarterback, though. Like, he didn't look yeah. as lost as he used to be. So, um, and like Clemson also had like a really simplified playbook for him. And I don't really feel like Oregon State replicated that exactly. So, I, again, I really thought he was just like, you know, if he had to be ranked processors, I would have put him down as like bottom five, bottom 10 of like, of uh, power five conferences, like down to Robbie Ashford, you know. But anyway. Like you better like him because that's future Kentucky quarterback. No, in JU too. <laughs> no, I have no, I have no idea of a place to even figure to pick for for uh, you lately. I almost wrote, I even wrote on my notes here. I was like, I have no idea, and I'm not even sure I care. So I don't know. Do you have a place here that you kind of care about where he might end up? No, I thought he'd stick. Like I thought he'd stick yeah. West Coast. He seems like a West Coast guy. UCLA has a has an opening. Like I could see him go there. I thought he would try the draft at some point, but I guess this is a very, very overloaded class. It might be smart for him to kind of go to. It's getting NXT. thinner by each day now, though. It is, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, then he, he can go and lose the starting job to Ethan Garbers, too. I guess Ethan Garbers is just the GOAT now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there will be an opening there, too. Yeah, that, that might be an interesting place. Yeah. So UCLA is kind of where I'm looking at. Um, I think Cal's probably just too beneath him. Like he's got to be going up, right? He's got to feel like he's got to be moving up. Like that's why I hit the portal. He's got to go up from here. Yeah. Is UCLA even up? Like is that even an upgrade? I don't know. It's not Pac 2. So that's true. They have a harder schedule. Oh, hey, let's talk about Aiden Childs, though. We love the flashes we saw from him. I think a lot of us here are excited about him at Campus to Ken. Mm hmm. 
I have no idea where he's going to go. And I thought it was interesting too because he was um I can't I can't fully like he was not a high level recruit early on in the system. He had a specialized QB coach his senior year of football. I can't remember his name. I think he follows a few of us here at the company on Twitter cuz we all hyped up Aiden Childs. Um <laughs> I know I follow him like because I want to see who else he's working with in high school. Um, but he really turned around Childs. And I remember watching Childs play against Nico Malieva twice in high school. They played in the same conference there in California. Um, I, so anyway, but he, he was like getting other offers to flip his recruitment commitment. And he was very open to me like, no, like Oregon State picked me. I'm committed to them. Like, you know, like I really appreciate them giving me this offer first type of thing. So I just thought this entrance into the portal was very interesting for how loyal he was from the high school recruitment trail. Well, I mean, I don't know if you missed any of the news that's coming up, but it seems like that loyalty might actually still be going forward here where the coach from Oregon state, Jonathan Smith is heading over to Michigan state. And yeah. it seems like Aiden Childs, everybody's lining it up again, crystal balls, everything. It seems like Aiden Childs is going to be heading over there as well. So could be part of a very interesting rebirth at Michigan state, like Smith, you know, has had some good offenses in the past, has some very physical defenses in the past. Um, he's probably going to have to get some more weapons around him. So maybe that's something we can talk about with, you know, once we start talking about wide receivers a little bit about weapons they could possibly bring over there. Cause I don't think there's much there going on in Michigan state right now for him. It's going to be a kind of a big transition year. I think with all these new people coming in and everything, um, how would you feel about Ian child's value going into the year? If you know, this all lined up the way that it's sounding, it's going to line up. Oh, Michigan State. I feel yeah. terrible. I was right. Like, I, I just hope. I just. I'm just kind of hoping that this is kind of be like a rebirth of like a new direction for Michigan State. Like maybe they can, you know, more modern offense, more whatever. Like maybe it's going to be heading in a different direction. Like I don't know. That that's at least my hope with it. Because yeah, it's not the most inspiring place. I don't think. I don't think I've watched a single Michigan State game this year. I don't think I have either. That's why so I don't. I can't really. <laughs> I don't know if I can give like an like a, a really good opinion. But I don't. I don't. They feel like one of those power five teams that doesn't have anything going for them, like across any position group. I'm talking about like offensive line, D line, corners. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't like I can't give like a real opinion on that. So I wouldn't if there was like a good supporting cast. Like let's say he goes to UCLA and not Oregon State. Like I know UCLA has a pretty decent offensive line. Yeah. Like, I, I know their pieces they have there, but I don't know the pieces at Michigan. So I wouldn't feel good about this, and I don't know like if you want to simplify it to it's just a stock up or stock down from Oregon State. I don't even know if I feel good saying it's a stock up, even though Oregon State doesn't really belong to a conference right now. All right, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Already gone through three offensive coordinators. I think it might be more than that, but he's gone through three <laughs> offensive coordinators going on to his fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote my like quarterback big boy the other day, and I wrote a part of his profile that like he still flashes like the hyper intelligent, capable, like pocket passer, like kind of like a discount version of like Joe Burrow, you know, like not like flashy with the arm, but like anyway, like, but that's like four games out of the year max. And it's just been looking worse and worse as the years go on. It's just like, man, those flashes just really seem to be like overtaken by the negatives each, each year. And like the comeback was really fun the first four weeks of this year. But, um, I'm not out on Tyler Van Dyke making like like upgrading whatever program he goes to. I have no idea what he offers the NFL. Like I don't even know. Like if you told me what his, if you asked me what his ceiling is, it's like mid day three. Like I think he's a mid day three hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like hopeful. Like he's hoping to get like fifth round draft capital. 
Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke is Joe Burrow. You heard it here first from, no, no, no. <laughs> from Mike Valerie. <laughs> you heard that comparison. I heard it too. Everybody heard he it. He has no special athletic or physical tools, and that's what I meant by that. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll I'll let it slide for now. But yeah, no, I'm I've lost I had interest coming into this year because I thought, you know, he showed he was showing right before the injury that he was trying he was starting to grasp the system, and I was like, maybe this guy's just a slow learner, you know, he's getting new play callers every year. Maybe he just, he was starting to get it. Now this year, maybe he's really be able to blow up with the weapons around him that he's used to and everything like that. And it just, it still didn't work out for him this year. I'm kind of off on him a little bit um, as, as a Debbie prospect, you know, day three guy, I got no problem like that. Like next Clayton tune next, something like that. Or he's going to get that kind of draft capital end up being the backup somewhere. I could probably see that somewhere along the line. As for a place, like, I don't know, this this guy feels like he's like the next P- Pittsburgh quarterback, I think. Like, that <laughs> like that feels like where Tyler Van Dyke is headed to me. <laughs> Anybody we don't like is going to Pitt. So. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Oh, man. Hey, he would probably be an upgrade on what they've had going on over the last no, couple of years. For sure, 100%. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know where he's going, but. I'm not sure we care. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's go to Sam Levitt, true freshman here, uh, Michigan State. Originally, originally committed to Washington State before his flip. Um, I do not know all the details of that, but there is an opening in Washington State. Now he doesn't want to go back. He already said no to them. That would be kind of weird. That would be weird if he went back to them. Yeah, and it can't be the most desirable place because then that's another Pac-2 team now left over, right? They don't really have any. Right. They're kind of sitting in purgatory right now. So I can't imagine that's going to be a hot destination for a lot of guys. Like, I don't really know what to expect of Sam Levitt. He wasn't really a guy that I was as big on as some of you guys, but, but I respect everybody else's opinion. And because of that, like I, I'm not, I'm not quarterback whisperer or anything. It's not my, it's not my area of expertise. I would say I'm much better at more of like the skill positions, but he was as high as quarterback six for a lot of you guys. So I was intrigued to see where this would kind of head. And now I just don't know, like, where do you feel like his skill set would kind of fit going forward? He didn't really get to play much in college. I know you're like talking about the high school profile, but I feel like yeah, you, you can throw those out kind of right away when you see how they play in like college level. Yeah. Um, dude, I got I got no idea. I mean, I'm lost for words. Like, I feel like you got. It just seems like this. Just seems like a move where he's probably going to go somewhere and sit behind someone again. Like it's he's not. I don't think he's going to be looking at a starting job. At least he probably doesn't have anything showing. Like, or maybe it's like come in, be part of this competition, and maybe you can go somewhere. And or he goes to like one of those like really low level Power Five programs to like, you know, like 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 Taven Jackson left Tennessee. We had like a high four star went to Indiana. Yeah, trying to do one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I could see that. I went. I went say Vandy feels way. That just maybe, <laughs> maybe that just so that's so that's bad. an sec school man come on god it's <laughs> so weird to be like yeah he should go to vandy that would be... yeah i mean i hear you though i hear you i would be insulted if some podcast told me i should go to vandy <laughs> sorry love it let's listen over to mj morris at nc state mj morris like had some nice starts last year uh he looked capable like doesn't really look like he's doing anything too complicated we really thought he would have paired up so well with the current nc state coach of robert and i who just specializes in these dual threat quarterbacks he made brandon armstrong relevant at u uh uva he made uh cody schrader look really good at syracuse we thought mj morris was next on the list but mj morris hits the portal so this is very interesting to me. I have no idea where he goes either. Um, it sounds like early early indications are LSU, 
Baylor and Maryland have contacted him. I believe that's what I, I do I saw. remember Maryland. I do remember the Maryland one. Yeah. So I, and then LSU, like if you went to LSU, that'd be a battle with Nussmeyer. I think a lot of us like Nussmeyer a lot. So that would kind of be an interesting battle there. Baylor, I believe, has an opening because I believe their guy left. And yeah, then Maryland. Blake hit the portal. Yeah. So that might be an opening there. And then Maryland, they have, a, I don't know what's going on with uh, Twalia, Twalia there. Twalia, but, he's out of eligibility. So he's gone. To yeah. So he's gone. So then they, I know they got Billy Edwards there who's like, this is a fine. So it'd probably be a, a, kind of a battle there as well. Maybe NJ Morris could come out on top there, though. So that might be kind of a fun place for him. Um, he's, he's an interesting guy, right? Because he's kind of like dual thready. He kind of like, I, I don't when we finally got a chance to see him start this year, maybe the passing left something to be desired sometimes, but he kind of figured it out, you know, towards the back half of games uh, when he started to be himself a little bit more, like I think, you know, another out of, out of the box place that could kind of be fun, you know, a place like Oklahoma state, like have seen them use like, like dual threats, like Spencer Sanders before having a monster season before getting injured over there. You got the strong run game with Ollie Gordon. Um, he'll be a young guy with a few options for sure here, but I was thinking of some, some of those places might be kind of a fun spot for him. I do think I like Maryland more for him, though. Mm-hmm. I think I like Maryland more for him. Uh, let's head over to Brock Vandergriff, UGA, uh, five-star QB, who's rumored to be going, who's got interest from Kentucky. Like, <laughs> that's, like the, that's like the only reason I put him in here. I don't even think we really need to talk about him, but he might be your new quarterback. So <laughs> He needs to go to Rice, like JT Daniels, and that might be yeah. more his speed. Maybe a yeah. little bit lower than that. Yeah. Um, Dante Moore, UCLA, five-star QB, got benched mid-season through like three pick sixes in a row, like weeks in a row. Like, it was yeah. a, a season to be forgotten for sure. Um, but still, it has that five-star pedigree, does have starting experience, but I think matters somewhat. Like it wasn't all bad. It definitely wasn't no. good, but like it wasn't all bad. I think he's one of the uh, only, the few power five quarterback starters as a true freshman. Like I don't think there was many this year. No, there's never made. There's always like five or six that get like six starts. But like I think he still had like six starts. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to bring up Louisville for UCLA or for Dante Moore here because yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Louisville's got a big NIL program, right? Like they had Ruben mm-hmm. Owens to start off where he flipped over to Texas A&M. Like they have money in Louisville, and Dante Moore is a pocket passer, kind of a game manager. Maybe didn't work out with UCLA, but I, I could see him go over to Louisville. And just for the record, by the way, I know we haven't mentioned, I haven't mentioned his name in probably like eight months. I'm still like, you know, 5% in on Brady Allen. Like, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see during the bowl game finally if he's actually like serviceable. Oh, my but. God. Back- yeah, well, but, um, you had me no, ranking him for like one off season, and I was like, why am I ranking this guy anymore? <laughs> he left pretty quick but yeah so look it looks like with dante Moore, uh early front runners oregon miami michigan and fsu which i mean a lot any one of those places would be kind of i'm i think it everybody's gonna say right off the bat any place would be better than michigan i think um although that is close to home for him and like is it kind of a crazy thought to think like that offense might be a good for the kind of player he is like i like he won't put up gaudy stats they'll ask him to be efficient like the a game manager a bit like 80 80 of the time he's gonna be like a game manager with that run game and that defense which might suit his skill set you know like michigan's not gonna be the worst place to get nfl eyes as well like i'm just playing a little bit of devil advocate with that with that spot because obviously oregon or or florida state i think would be ideal landing spots with their potential for their weapons and, and their offense and stuff. But, you know, more is even stated, like development has been an important thing as well. So maybe what he sees what Oregon has done with Bo Nix over the last two years, will that be a major factor for him? Will they look at JJ, will he look at JJ McCarthy and say he didn't develop or will he be happy with the 
development he's seen to want to go to Michigan or whatever. But there, I think there is a weird realm here where like Michigan suits the kind of player he is right now. I just don't think a lot of us want to hear that. He didn't pick Michigan to start off when he was on the recruitment trail. It's true. Like, I really don't think he's going to go back. Okay, the guy would be a little hurt by that. I, I should like the Oregon call a lot more, though. I feel like Oregon yeah. is a good fit for him. Ready for running backs? Yeah, I don't think we got very, very many here. No, very <laughs> short. I'm just going to list all three of them off real quick. Evan Pryor from Ohio State, he's – we. I don't think anyone here has really talked about him this year, but he's certainly been topics of conversation the last two years. Yeah, uh, EJ Smith, Emmett Smith's son. He's definitely a passing pass catching specialist type back. And you have Marcus Carroll, G5 guy, who really erupted like quite the stud last you know, this season. Sorry, we're not there quite the last year, but he was quite the stud this season for uh, Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Pryor, I think, could go to like a mid to low level Power Five program. I I never liked EJ Smith. Can't say healthy like at all. Like I think he's got like. 22 career carries for his first three years of college. Like it's yeah. And it, it didn't look that good for him. That's, that's a bad call on me because I was still hoping that, you know, after, after those two games he had at the beginning of, of two seasons ago, before he got injured, I was like, man, there could be something here. And he just never put together. Like people have pointed to it before, but I think he should be a wide receiver. Go transfer as a wide receiver to somewhere. Cause he's got pretty decent size for a wide receiver as well. I think he's six foot two ten. So like he could go to be like a nice stocky slot wide receiver somewhere. I think that would suit him pretty well. I still see him going down to like the Sun Belt, you know, like yeah, Conference USA, being running back there. Hey, Frank Gore's son's playing at Southern Mississippi, man. So don't don't, don't be too much higher because your name is EJ Smith. <laughs> yeah. um, Marcus uh, yeah. Carroll, though, I I liked Marcus Carroll for for fancy reasons, obviously, but like yeah. I think he's a good pass catching back. Like I I think about Blake Watson. Uh, Blake Watson went from Old Dominion, very low level G five to Memphis, who's put plenty of running backs in the NFL over the last like 10 years. I feel like Marcus Carroll isn't good enough to go up to the power five level, but I would love to see him like raise his level to a higher level G five team. I have no idea who that would be though. So I don't know. It's yeah. Like he seems, he seems like a, the kind of guy that's like, I don't know, like just like you're like, like Elijah green over at like UNC or like Josh Williams over at like LSU. Like he just seems like he, he could be a power five starter, but it just feels like he would fall out into a, like a committee. Like, I don't think he would lead a running back room over there, but I do think like he's, he's interesting. Like even this year, like he, he played well against good competition against LSU is over a hundred scrimmage yards. But again, like LSU's defense wasn't the greatest this year, but still to see him do at least that where they should be very, very overpowered in that game, which they were. And he was still able to do that. It was still pretty good on his profile. He had a nice year this year. Does have the pass catching upside as well. I think he could be a decent running back at the power five level. I just don't know if he's going to find the opening that he wants. That's going to wrap it up for the running back section. There's just not a lot to talk about. There's just not a lot <laughs> no. in there right now. I do want to just highlight like last year's just so to give you guys like a comparison reason. Like Carson Steele was number one running back, I think, in the portal there. But um Marshawn Lloyd came from South Carolina, USC. Ray mm-hmm. Davis came from Vandy to, to uh, Kentucky. Blake Watson, we just mentioned, came from Old Dominion to, to Memphis. Like Those are like the three big names. Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson from, from Mississippi State went to Washington. So yep, That was a good one, yeah. Um, Day-Day Hunter's still in the portal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor guy. Those were like the bigger names. And then we ended up liking Cameron Scatterbo, who worked out for fantasy somewhat. Anyway, those were the big names last year's portal class. So... Probably some bigger names will come into the portal. They're just not there right now. 
Heading over to the wide receivers, I want to talk about the group of five guys first here. There's six names that we think are worthy of bringing up. Um, Colin Lacey from from South Alabama, right? Like, uh, he's kind of a yak specialist to me. He kind of, I think he's like five foot ten, like one eighty, one ninety. I believe. Do he lead G five in receiving this year? He he's close to it. He was close to it at least top five. Yeah, or something like that. It was certainly off like yak stuff, short area type stuff. Yeah, schemed open. FIU's Chris Marshall. Uh, fourth year guy kind of broke out coastal Carolina, Jared Brown, Jared Brown's more of a like gadgety type guy. Like they give him like rushing attempts, short area, another gag specialist like Lacey does, but he does a little bit more behind the line scrimmage than Lacey does. Eric McAllister of Boise, like, uh, I don't know. Would you call him like a bully ball type receiver in the G five level? Kind of possession, more closer to like a possession kind of wide receiver. I would, I would say, but you know, like he he kind of has some intrigue to him. I, he was a guy I actually wanted to look at a little bit deeper. There were some guys out there once he entered the portal that were kind of saying, you know, this is a guy to watch. And it kind of put on, you know, like some guys I respect anyways. And I remember watching some highlights and stuff, and he does seem like a pretty well-rounded, at least, you know, at least decent size, has some pretty decent hands. Like I want to look at him a little bit more. So hopping up into the power five, probably a definite possibility for him. I thought like at a glance, at a glance, I thought Eric McAllister uh, Alec A.O. Manor and then Elijah Surratt of JMU. I thought they're all like very similar play style players. Like, I thought they're yeah. like, all the same to me, same build too. Do you think he has like that level of athleticism too? <sighs> no, like I don't no. think, yeah, I don't think he's that type of like power five athlete. Like that skill set's dead, right? We're talking about Keon Coleman being like the last, like the one power five guy with that skill set, that like that bully ball type stuff. But yeah. no, I, I am a little bit worried about like maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't think his skill set's NFL worthy, at least no. as of today. Um, Jamari Macklin from North Texas. Jeremy Macklin's – is it cousin, brother? Cousin? I think it's cousin. I don't know. Cousin? They're related. All right. Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> Macklin's what relation to Jamari Macklin from North Texas at the portal. And then you got Cyrus Allen from L.A. Tech also hitting the portal. Uh, with his with his QB, Hank Bachmeyer. Blast from the past, Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you um, realize that. <clears throat> I don't think it's the most exciting name of group, uh, exciting group of names. I do think Jared Brown is also interesting. He's a guy you mentioned a couple of weeks ago as yeah, well yeah, yeah. As, a, as a potential guy. But yeah, like you were said, part of that slightly gimmicky offense at Coastal Carolina, they pegged him as a low ADOP player. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to see what he what he could do outside of that role if he could expand outside of that role. He's still a young guy as well, so one to watch there. Uh, and Cyrus Allen, I find I, he popped on my radar a couple of years ago um, as redshirt freshman. Nice build at six foot, one hundred and eighty. Uh, he, he seems to be this guy with good speed down the field, which is where he's winning like a lot of the time. I, he might just be a nice downfield role player for somebody. Um, you know, maybe gives me like some Taj Washington vibe sometimes when he used to be at M- Memphis before he went over to to USC. So um, he's a guy I think at least with some some power five speed that I think that might translate to a spot in the power five. Yeah, the one guy I want to highlight here is Jared Brown. Jared Brown has three games of over 100 receiving yards, but on the year 59 for 742 and four third year player but he's got two really productive years in a row uh could be gimmicky but yeah yeah i think his skill set is kind of gadgety kind of like i think he provides a skill set to a power five team that they probably don't already have you know like like i know you're a fan of dylan bell like i think him and dylan bell are like pretty similar to me as far as like players go so yeah uh that's what i'm looking at here and, and guys like look we just want to like put out like the transfer portal for g5 players like it's rough like it's rough like canada yeah. Winfield did not transition to pit very well uh 
Elijah Spencer of UNC Charlotte. Like he came off like a 900 or I think almost a thousand yard receiving season. And then like, he got like, I don't know, maybe a hundred yards this year. Like he's certainly not like in the rotation. Um, so, and then you have success stories on the other side where it's Jamari Thrash, who goes to Jeff Brom, who just feeds his wide receiver one. There's not like a lot of competition there. It was very easy to spot the opportunity and then understand Jeff Brom's history. So like that was easy. And then Devontae Walker, who came from Kent State, we all knew he was already an NFL level athlete. So that was also a little bit easier to call. So G5 to P5, like Lacey, Karis Mitchell, Jared Brown, Eric McAllister, Jamori. Jamori Macklin, like Cyrus Allen, like four of these guys, I guarantee like we, we won't mention ever again, probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and like you said, like we need, we sometimes we need landing spots to even figure out if they're going to be able to have a role to be able to have the fitness system or something like that. Or, you know, and like we said, a lot of these guys, we don't necessarily picture as like full-time NFL athletes. So that's another thing that's that, that, that we got to watch out for. So. Yeah, so that was it for that. Power five, those go to the power five wide receivers here. Let's start off with the Vanderbilt duos of London Humphreys, no, actually let's do a trio, excuse me, a trio, London Humphreys, Will Shepard, and Jaden McGowan, all hmm. in the portal, all of them. Yeah, London Humphreys surprisingly ranked as the number one wide receiver in the portal right now by 247 Sports, and uh, like I, I, he's a guy that I've talked about throughout the season as well, that he is a size speed guy, he's kind of interesting, was a true freshman this year, uh, made his money down the field, didn't really do anything else outside of that, um, early indications are that he's going to Georgia, which isn't isn't crazy, I guess. Um, they have like Arian Smith on the roster. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but they have lacked kind of a bigger downfield threat that they could just throw it up to this year, you know. And perhaps like London Humphreys could could add that element to their offense, um, you know. And if he's looking around, staying in the SEC. I also think Tennessee is kind of interesting with the way they play over there. Um, their offense is usually a, that wide open offense where they're taking deep shots a lot. He's a guy who could fit pretty well in that system as well. Uh, even a place like Texas is losing a good amount of, uh, of production. He's a guy that I think is young enough that I think um, guys are going to want to get in on this guy with this high speed profile and hopefully have a guy for a lot more years going forward. Like I think he's going to be pretty sought after so far. I have not watched a lot of London Humphreys this year. I just have not. So I don't there's like not there's not a lot to watch. I don't think it's more about the. I guess it's just more about the fact that he's a true freshman and made an impact. But it was all deep stuff. It's it was all him using that size speed. I think there's still a big question with how he's going to like develop going forward. But yeah, he is kind of like a one note player right now, which is like why it is kind of a surprise he's the number one guy right now. Interesting. Jaden McGowan, though, little small guy, five foot eight, one eighty. I think he's like your run the mill slot. Like you know, he also rubbed as a true freshman. I don't think Vandy has a choice, by the way, to not run their true freshman out there. <laughs> um, they just keep losing them, like time after the poor guys. They can't even build anything over there. Like how do you how do you become anything? Like that's yeah, uh, dude. And they're in the SEC. Get them out of here. Yeah, like I don't know. That's so hard for them, yo. That's, Get them out of here. <laughs> um, I want to read you. I want to read you a quote from Jaden McGowan. Okay. Um, okay. This got me off of him as a Debbie guy a couple years ago, and I went up and looked at it so I could bring it back up for the show. This is his. It, this is when they were talking about when he kind of hit a wall in his freshman season, okay? This is what he said. I didn't notice how bad my routes were until I got to college, McGowan said. I noticed that I had a lot of indicators that showed a lot of my routes before I even finished them, like raising up and stuff. I even honed in on that so I can get the indicators out, and I've worked on my hands a lot. I did not really have the best catching ability. All I ran was screens because I couldn't really catch too well. <laughs> That was literally what he said in his freshman season. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then it was like, you go to this year, and his role's just diminished like crazy. He's a little bit of a, like a return guy. It's just like, I don't know what kind of future this guy holds. I think he's just a manufacturer. I wouldn't even call him a slot. I think he's a manufacturer guy to me 
Um, his role went down this year. He didn't even really play much of a factor this year after that freshman season where he kind of did. So like, I just, I'm, I'm pretty off of this guy, you know, maybe he can, maybe he can go be an easy option for Aiden Childs over there at Michigan state, you know, get the ball into his hands, let him do some stuff. He's fast. He's quick. Like maybe that's kind of a landing spot for him, but like, I don't know, just not very big on Jaden McGowan. <laughs> that, that was rough. Yeah. I mean, rough, I rough love, quote. Love the honesty, but that was, that was rough to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, Also, just speaking to London Humphreys, though, his all his downfield stuff, Vanderbilt like has to play that way. Like Vandy has to play the deep balls and to try to like stay in the game, which never happens. But yeah. Anyway, I would love to see one or two of these guys go to like because these guys are not NFL quality. I wrote my big board for wide receivers got uh, put up online. I think like two days ago, three days ago. Like I, I remember writing even preseason, like Will, Will Shepard's like basically AT Perry, but like worse hands. And AT Perry is now playing right now in the NFL. Like he's just on a practice squad somewhere. He is definitely playing right now in the NFL for the Saints. Is he? He's, you know, he's yeah. starting reps since Michael Thomas has been out. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> Wait, is he not with? Okay, he's with the Saints. Yeah. Oh, he's with the Chiefs. He went to the Chiefs. Yeah. He's not good though, right? Like. Is he... <laughs> I'm uh, I uh, I uh, I have no idea. I'd have to look up. He's I'm not doing. He's up. not doing much. Right now, one catch for thirty yards. Good for him. All right. Six round draft pick by the Saints. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Will Shepard to me is very similar to At Perry, but like a little bit worse. So anyway, actually, I yeah, I don't hate that projection at all. I think that lines up. Yeah. So like, I I think these guys could go to a, like yeah. I, I would like to see one of them at Michigan State. Like, maybe even all three. Honestly, like they can just replace their <laughs> Michigan State receiving room is and like that's is that is that is that our Rice BYU of the wide receiver group? We're just gonna send everybody we don't like over to fucking Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. I don't know. They can yeah. they can be good enough for one year and they can get some talent in behind them. Yeah. Give them a year to like yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get on to Bo Collins. I called this one. I called this one a month ago. Bo Collins from Clemson hit the portal right away. Good for him. He's supposed to be an NFL level athlete. He flashed as a true freshman at Clemson. Hasn't done anything since. Definitely had some trouble with injuries too. They're rotating these quarterbacks. Dabo's Dabo's losing his status as a top tier coach. Anyway, Bo Collins still has like a lot of name value. He still has that freshman season. I think he goes to a top fifteen power five like system. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been saying for a while, I think I just, you know, uh, Penn state's always shopping for those big perimeter guys. I think he's a really good fit for Penn state. Still. I keep saying that and I'm sticking with it. Do you have any crystal balls for this guy? I don't really, that's actually a pretty good one. I thought Texas, you know, kind of likes their bigger possession guys as well. At least, excuse me, at least having that element in their offense as well. That could be a place, you know, Washington is losing a bunch of guys as well. The way they use Jalen Polk this year could be a similar way that they could use Bo Collins, I guess. Like he could be using that similar type of role, I think. So that could be a place. But I don't really have like a like a for sure place. I agree that the pedigree and what he's shown, like he seems to be well respected. I think w- within college circles. So I, I think he's probably headed for like a, a top program, and hopefully he can rebirth himself here. He's a guy that I'm kind of out on. I know you still are holding a little bit of hope. I'm not gonna you know say that you're like confident. Yeah, I'm not saying you're confidently you know touting his name or anything. But I know you've been holding on just a little bit. But um, oh, I, don't, I, got a, I don't. I got a report from two hours ago. He's visiting Notre Dame. Oh, there you go. So he can just go and die with the rest of the wide receivers that go to Notre Dame. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not entirely true. They've had some some decent years, but it just seems like nothing is really coming out of there lately. That's true. I like him better than Tobias Merriweather. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who's leaving? But we'll talk about him in a second. 
Uh, going to the gym. Do we, as well. do we have to? Do we have to? Okay. No. We'll do a, we'll do quick mentions just quick, <laughs> very quick. Um, Juice Wells from South Carolina. A lot of guys liked him. I think quite a few people had him in their top like tens. I don't know if it was a common thing, but like, he was definitely discussed as like a day two guy. I think for me, I thought he was more of a fringe day two, more of a round early early day three guy for me. But he's in the portal. He had a season just marred with injury. Mm-hmm. And this was just such a surprise for me, and I don't. I don't know if more stuff will come out over the next month or two, but like, I didn't. I don't know if he thinks he can go higher up than he already is at South Carolina. Like to me, this must have been like he didn't like the staff, South Carolina, like South Carolina, like medical staff, like must have done it, did him wrong somehow, and this is why he hit the portal. I really didn't like out of everyone that hit the portal. This is the one name that I did not see happening. Yeah, I do remember last year when he entered the portal, he had one of like the, like I know on three does those NIL evaluations. Like he had one of like the highest. So it seems like he was very respected after that big year um, at South Carolina after he came out of the Juco there. But it's like, I don't know, I guess just this season with injury and stuff, maybe the you assume people are looking down on him, but I still think he's going to be like, for some reason, I still feel like he's going to be highly regarded out there. He seems like he's going to be a name that's going to be talked about, you know, um, I think he could do pretty well in a lot of places as well. Like, I don't think he's a scheme dependent player or a guy who like needs manufactured touches or anything. I think he could go somewhere and probably fit in right away. You know, like um, I was trying to look for places he was going to go. The only thing I know a Texas player quoted him when during his transfer entry, uh, a guy he used to play with back in the day. So maybe he's hoping he can kind of pull him over there. They're losing like, they could be losing four guys this year, I guess. Right. You know, uh, Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, David Sanders. Like, they could be looking for a lot of guys. Quinn Ewers is coming back. They're going to need a, an experienced guy that knows what he's doing to come in there. That could be an avenue for him. Um, another place we haven't mentioned that I thought is kind of interesting with uh, Oklahoma coach Jeff Levy heading over to oh, the state. Oklahoma, bro. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're on the same play. He's kind of going to, he might be rebirthing that program over there a little bit, you know, Mississippi State. You know, could could he be heading over there? Could Dylan Gabriel be heading over there as well? And could he be the wide receiver one over there for them? That's an interesting spot, too. So I think there's going to be some good options for him. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Um, and just for everyone listening, too, Juice Wells will be six years removed from high school if he goes to draft next year yeah. uh he took like a prep year you know so like it's it looks a little bit weird online but he, he graduated high school like th- if he would declare this year he would have been a fifth year player this now next year he'll be a six-year player so um heading over to evan stewart texas a&m um dude he he put texas a&m on blast on instagram today like he he said <laughs> pretty much said he was not getting paid but he was promised this is happening quite a bit it sounds like the nil era uh for football which makes me wonder like are these like not like contracts that are not like contracts getting signed is it all just based on good faith yeah that's rough yeah that's what it seems um, like a lot of word of mouth or, or yeah. whatever like it's just still, like yeah also last year, dude, last year when everyone's like oh yeah jimbo fisher paid for the class and he tweeted out like I thought men don't worry about where other men get their money from. Like he squeezed something else of, uh, like that last year, and now he's not getting <laughs> his money. So I kind of like, dude, serves you right for being a little snippy with the community like that. <laughs> and for what it's worth, he's not officially in the portal yet. Maybe this no, is some yes. kind of way he's trying to, you know, put put the the flames to the feet of the boosters right now, saying, you know, pay me my money or I'm out of here. Like I'm headed on my way out right now. Like you know, like man. Like they would do well to keep him, you know. I think him and Wegman are a very interesting duo. You know, it's not the same without him there. Like I think that that duo could be big time headed into next year. Like part of me, like kind of, I don't, I don't know. Part of me kind of hope he stays, but he, he's going to have so many options if he decides to go. I like, I can't even make a crystal ball for him if he decides to join because I think he would have 
every pro every top five program every top 15 top 20 program knocking at his door for him to, for his services we don't ever talk about like oklahoma being a landing spot i know we just kind of mentioned them but like yeah. you mentioned them as like the head coach but like oklahoma like like they definitely like showed out like better than expectations this year like it feels like they got to grab some good talent at, at wide receiver out of the portal so i could yeah. see him go there but yeah, so yeah. he's not yet in the portal. We'll see what happens to him. He's just worth mentioning. Uh, the last Power 5 guy I want to talk about here briefly was Rico Flores from Notre Dame, which I think is leading Notre Dame receiving as a true freshman with only like four or 500 receiving yards. Is he really? I, I did not know that. Something yeah, it's something weird like that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that to myself, though. Yeah, but yeah. I want to bring him up because <clears throat> he was a high-level recruit this year. He beats year one zero most. A lot of us aren't too pumped about him. Uh, as far as like a player, even when I watched his game of like 100 yards, I I still like watched. I wasn't like impressed. I didn't know I was like like I can't, I can't like put down what he's good at or if I think it's translatable to the NFL. But like I I have a hard time like oh, I know what I'm trying to say here. Like I have I have a hard time like fading your Winsdales right out the gate like that. So I still think he's worth rostering. I'm not paying up for him, that's for sure. But like I think he's worth rostering and, and seeing where he goes. Oh, Chris Tyree led them in receiving with 484. Wow, he did, eh? Wow. And then, and then, <laughs> and then it was Mitchell Evans at tight end at 422, and then Rico Flores at 392. Right. Now, and Mitchell Evans that, got hurt. He probably would have dominated that room. Yeah. And speaking of, like, Chris Tyree, like, again, Notre Dame's receiver room is just leaving. So Chris Tyree, Rico Flores, they're gone. Um, oh, what's the not, – not Tobias Merriweather. There's another one that also left, too. Braylon something? Yeah. Something like that. Like they already have four receivers into the portal. Tobias Merriweather, another one. He's a year one zero, Tobias Merriweather. So I don't know where he's going. Probably to the G five level. And there's a lot of year one zeros in the portal this year. It's like already Shamar Porter from UK didn't really touch the field. Wesley Grimes from Wake. Like he got some buzz this year. Got some playing time. I think he could probably stick in the Power Five. Andre Green from UNC. We haven't seen him, so he's probably not sticking to Power Five. <laughs> and then. Kind of a surprise he never touched the field was Cordell Russell. He's already in the portal too right away. So um he's young enough that and also hurt in the offseason. I think he can stick around power five, but these other guys don't think he's gonna stick around. Him and Grimes, I think, are gonna be the two power five. It's such a new world now where you're a freshman who didn't show absolutely anything, and you're just gonna enter the power. So you're pretty much doing recruiting all over again. Like that's what it feels like because you're pretty much going off of your high school profile and you're hoping you're gonna like reconnect on some of those connections you made during recruiting and maybe find a new spot for yourself. I feel like that's what these guys are doing, right? Because, I mean, you have nothing to, to show for yourself. So it's like it's even hard to pick a place for them. It's like we probably got to go back and look at who they were talking to, who offered them and whatever, because I think that's probably the path for a lot of these yeah, guys. Yeah, dude, he's breaking out the Rolodex, giving them the I'm sorry, yeah. I made a mistake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me come on over. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I'm interested in Cordell Russell for CFF reasons, but historically, guys that don't beat year one zero thresholds really don't take this like a big step forward the year after that either. Yeah, I think that's probably the only guy on this year one zero transfer list so far, at least that I'd probably even have any interest in. I and mean, that's just because he's a very well-rounded athlete, and his 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 season got stunted because of the injury. Right, he probably wasn't up to speed as much as he could have been because of that injury. Um, so that there's some context, I guess, for him that maybe you can add to yourself if you want to be a believer. So, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> and Notre Dame, again, it's just a wise room to monitor with how it's clearing out right now. Can be interested to see who they bring in along with uh, uh, Riley Leonard. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, going on to tight ends real quick, just quick mentions here. We're not a tight end show. We don't like tight ends here. Uh, I wanted to mention Justin Jolly, who wrapped up last year with like four or five games in a row of like 10 targets and probably would have won you a championship if you had waiver claims left over. But Justin Jolly was a was productive. So I just want to put his name out there. I think he's like six foot three, two thirty, uh, from UConn. And I just I just want to mention him out there because I, I was very interested in him for supplemental reasons, but now I'm like not really sure. I don't know. But he's definitely a transfer up candidate, and that's the whole point. So I think he's gonna be going to the power five. I don't know where, but he's certainly a transfer up. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, sorry. Quick, quick correction. The last four games, he had nine, 10, 11, and nine. So he averaged about 10 targets a game his last four. Yeah, and I just give a quick shout out to uh, Arizona State's Jalen Conyers. I wrote his profile for the Debbie Guide last year. He did show some nice things. Like I think he's a pretty fluid mover. I think he shows some good hands at the catch point. He's been able to extend wide outside his frame. Um, I think he would do well to trim up a little bit. He's a little, a little bit uh, round. I guess you say he's got that Thaddeus Moss thing going on from LSU back in the day. Yeah. Um, he's also, I'm a little bit worried about the size too. I think he's listed at like 6'4", and I'm not sure I believe it at all. But still, a guy who's probably going to have a lot of interest on the market and I got to maybe keep keep an eye on at least. We want to wrap up the show with brief mentions on the JUCO recruits, right? So I always talk about JUCO. I always pick the wrong one, but there's always JUCO recruits that are like relevant <laughs> each year uh, in the NFL draft. This last year would have been Tank Dell. Uh, year before that would have been Rashad White. You had Antonio Gibson. Uh, oh, man, there's a few escaping me. But anyway, JUCO does create NFL fantasy relevant uh, products. And this year's JUCO class is just an absolute blast from the past. You got Deion Smith, the true freshman breakout from LSU back when he was with uh, Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, Chris Hilton. Um, I think I'm forgetting one more, Brian Thomas. He was a part of that true freshman group. He couldn't transfer to Ole Miss because of academic reasons. Uh, but he's been tearing up the JUCO route. He's averaging 129 yards a game in JUCO. He's already visited Ole Miss three times this year. He's made public statements that he's like all in on Ole Miss. Um, he did take one visit somewhere else, though I can't remember where, which was kind of weird. But otherwise, besides that one visit, super committed to Ole Miss. We'll see if he follows through on it. But Ole Miss doesn't have anyone to throw to right now. Jackson Dart's coming back. They don't have anybody else there, right? Like it's um, Trey Harris has to go to the draft probably. They have. I think Jordan. Harris is. I don't know about the other guy. Uh, I don't know if Jordan Watkins is still going to be around. He might be around for one more year. I'm not sure. Eligibility is such a wild thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Ole Miss is open, and you know we love Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's just a great guy. Yeah, he'll make another, it in there. Yeah, another JUCO guy going to Ole Miss is Marquise Willis. Uh, he's he's related to Malik Willis, the um, Tennessee Titans quarterback. There, Marquise Willis. I actually watched some film on the other day. He had to play Wildcat QB the second half of their year, so that really sucked. Um, but I thought he was interesting. He wasn't really much of like a mover. Like I would, I would actually compare his skill set to Trey Harris. Like Trey Harris, I don't think is a route runner, not a separator, just kind of like like a lead ball skill type of guy with like NFL level athleticism. But like as far as like footwork goes, we're not really existent. That's why I view uh, Marquise Willis. Another blast from the past in this JUCO transfer portal that I noticed, Mr. Demond Demoss, former Texas A&M wide receiver, the athletic freak that was seen backflipping all over the place. Uh, I think he had a lot of attitude problems. I think he had some other issues as well. I'm not sure if he got into trouble with law as well, but he's just another one of these guys that's one of those athletic freaks, tall, skinny a little bit, 
um, that never really developed, right? I mean, we see a lot of those guys come and go that they rely on their athleticism um, throughout their high school careers. When they get to college and they're asked to be more fine wide receiver, it doesn't really it doesn't really sit with them, especially if they think they're the shit already, which DeMond DeMoss thought he was like the king of the world. Um, so maybe going down to Juco humbled him a little bit. Maybe he's going to be looking for somewhere to come back up and can maybe be interesting again. But yeah, I mean, he's all off of all my rosters I have owned him on. So I don't think he'll be on any going forward. And then another name here, um, that I actually thought was interesting. Uh, Chris Marshall at all uh, was at all Miss this year and apparently went down. I didn't even know this went down to play in Juco and is now in the Juco portal. So he'll be looking for another come up. This is a guy who actually broke year one, zero thresholds as, as a freshman as well. So he's kind of interesting to maybe monitor as well, but didn't work out at Ole Miss. Uh, definitely had some attitude problems over there by the sounds of it and, uh, was booted off the team, which, you know, ended up in his, uh, going down to the Juco and playing a little bit there, I guess. Do you have any stats there, uh, Mike, uh, for, for his Juco play? Yeah, I do. So he played for the Kilgore College Rangers. Uh, he only played six games. I don't really know if there's injury there or whatever, but six games played, uh, tw- 21 receptions for 449 yards. That's 21.4 yards per reception and five touchdowns in that span. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad number. So he's definitely a name, at least. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, the Juco thing, and you want to see if somebody can come up, this guy's a very talented guy. And it's possible if he gets his head on right, he could be a guy we need to keep track of. Yeah. And, and they have him listed at six foot three, 205. Because you know, when he moves up, they're going to label him at six foot four, like 215. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, yeah. But he's six foot three, 205 here. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just so this is a lot of blasts in the past in the Juco portal. Those are the top three receiver names. And then I'm a little bit interested in Marquise Willis at Ole Miss. I really do feel like Ole Miss's like receiver room might be led by two Juco wide receivers this year. Could be. But we'll see what Lane Kiffin has in store for us. Always a joy to watch Ole Miss football. Uh, guys, look, that wraps it up for us. Uh, next week, join us. We're probably going to be talking about the coaching carousel, maybe the senior bowl. That's definitely the next two on the list for us to talk about. But from Corey and from Mike, good night and good luck. Good luck.